episode of the Compile Swift podcast. I'm your host, Peter Winham, and in this episode, we are going to be talking about a lot of the coming changes and new features that Apple have announced that will be in Xcode 11. So let's get into the show. Xcode has a lot of visible changes this year and a lot of under the hood changes, but let's start with the editor. The source control history now appears in the inspector panel. And one of the nice things about that is anytime you have a file open in the editor, in one of the many editors, and we'll get into that, you can now see the history of that file in source control. So it's right there all the time for you if you need it or you want to use it as reference. There's also a new icon in the top left editor panel, which enables you to create as many new editors as you need. And you can also set that icon so that you can have you can either split the editor you know left to right or up and down horizontal vertical and there's a nice little sort of pro tip where you can hold down the control key and just toggle that as you as you click on it so you can just very quickly create new editors for yourself there's a new canvas preview and this will only be available if you are using the new Mac OS Catalina uh, it's part of the new system that's required for that but this new canvas opens up a lot of the other things that we'll get into in some other episodes but it enables you to see the the new Swift UI changes in real time so I think that that's going to be a really big thing going forward anytime you change the code in using Swift UI it will now be reflected in the canvas preview in real time so that that's going to be a big thing for layout uh, maybe Sherlocking some of the third-party tools there. We'll have to wait and see. The Canvas Preview itself is, as I say, only available if you are running macOS Catalina. So right now, if you want to try it out in the Xcode 11 beta, you're also going to have to upgrade to the macOS Catalina beta as well. So you've been warned and use that at your own risk. If you don't upgrade to macOS Catalina beta right now, you just basically won't see the canvas panel. So that's, you know, there's no real uh, hardship there other than the, it'll automatically just not show you that tool. The assistant view basically works the same way, uh, but there's a slight change. If there's nothing to show in the assistant view and you've got it turned on, then it's automatically going to Xcode will hide that view for you because if why take up the screen real estate if there's nothing to show you. So that actually is a nice feature. That's That's something that's bothered me in the past. Um, as I've said, you, you can now hold down the option key when hovering over the new editor button, sorry, not the control key, to toggle the direction. So that's a nice little time-saving shortcut right there. If you hold down option and shift when you select a file in the project navigator, this brings up a new selector for you where you can basically decide where you want to put the new editor. So it sort of shows a, a blue highlight over the existing editors as you move over them. And you can move over them via either using the keys, the arrow keys on the keyboard or the mouse buttons. Or you can actually, it shows a, a thin blue line between editors if you want to create a new editor. So that's nice. That's a quick way to open up extra files and extra editors. I think that'll be useful going forward. Uh, each of the editors can now be zoomed in to take up all of the Xcode window. So it's kind of like a, I don't want to say a full screen in Xcode, but it's a, a full size editor. And when you're done with that, you can just reduce it back to its previous position. So you can just basically a productivity tip there where you can just focus on the one panel and then, you know, shrink it back down to its previous position when you need to. 
for source control users, users, which let's be honest, that should be all of us, there is a nice uh, inline diff view now. So as you're actually working in real time, what it can do is it'll show you essentially what the commit would be. So if you edit a line of code, it's going to show you that it's going to remove the old line and it's going to show the new one that you've put in. You kind of have to see this to understand it, but I don't, I don't really feel it's something you're going to want all the time, but it, it's there as an option because I think it's going to take compute cycles on big files and so we'll have to see how the performance goes on that. In the devices view, the part of this whole integration with Swift UI and creating sort of one source code base for all the platforms, there's now a Mac device. So currently where you can select between portrait or landscape views on iPads and iPhones and all those other devices, there's also one now for the Mac. So you can go in and tweak the layout for the Mac if you want, just like you do right now for different iOS views and different sizes. The devices bar also has an easy switcher now for viewing the light and dark modes on OSs that support that. So obviously iOS 13 and the new iPad OS, that's something right there. So you can just use this button to toggle between light and dark mode and view both of those in the devices panel. Moving on from the editor and talking a little bit more about some of the specific features, there's a new mini map view and We'll all be familiar with this in many of the other IDEs or text editors that we've used or code editors in the past, but now basically Xcode has one. So I think Apple's finally realized they needed to add one. But in typical Apple fashion, what they've done is they've taken it a step beyond what everyone else has. And by that, what I mean is if you put in, you know, one of those double forward slash marks that we put in our source code, that will actually show up in the minimap with a, a slightly larger view so you can quickly navigate there. And the nice thing is when you're over the minimap, if you hold down the command key, it's going to give you this overlay list of important areas uh, within the document. So for example, if you have some marks in there, it's going to show those and you can just click on those to quickly navigate to the code. So you don't even have to sort of scroll up and down to find what you're looking for. They're going to be very obvious bookmarks, if you like, live bookmarks within the, the minimap. And not only that, but there are other issues that show up in the minimap as well. You will see things like it will mark for you, uh, you know, build failures, test results, and breakpoints. They'll be, they're pretty self-evident and obvious on the minimap as well, so you can navigate to those. And, you know, the nice thing about this minimap is it's, it's very interactive. So if you're in the editor, for example, and you go to find something, you know, you do a command F or find on the menu, when you type in or whatever it may be that you're looking for, say view did load or something like that, it's actually going to highlight that on the minimap as well. So you get this kind of real time preview of where it exists, that your your search exists within the whole document. So that that's a nice feature as well. It gives you a, a very quick visual way to see how many matches you have. Moving on to testing, the test plans have now been added and this should help you create better tests across the board, basically. Uh, you can now set conditions like network and thermal states to test those conditions. So, you know, rather than sort of cooking your your iPhone just to see what happens under thermal pressure, high thermal pressures, you can simulate this. So you don't have to, you know, destroy your device while you're doing that. That's nice. Uh, users can also now opt in to send 
anonymized app performance metrics back to you and those will be viewed in the organizer just like crash logs and everything else that's a nice touch test flight will now give the user the ability to add comments and feedback directly so those also go back into app store connect so that's a nice way you know the screenshots and everything else uh, is nice but now this puts it straight back into app connect via testing in test flight for you Moving on to documentation, documentation has been, uh, it's got a big overhaul in this release. So not only does it, you know, continue to appear in the editor like it did before, but it's been made a lot smarter. So there are tools that will automatically change your documentation for you as you work, but not in a, you know, non-helpful way. So for example, if you add an extra parameter to a function, something like that, the documentation will update itself to reflect that new parameter and then you can just go in and change that. A nice little touch here too, if you do an edit in scope on your code and it appears in the documentation, it will also update the documentation for you there as well. So hopefully that should keep a lot of documentation for code in sync. The simulator in Xcode has gotten some more love in this release. Um, as I've already mentioned, you can put in, you know, you can test thermal overrides and things like that. Basically, they call them environment overrides. And what you can do is you can change a lot of the accessibility settings uh, via this, you know, in the simulator now without actually having to change it on the device in the simulator, if that makes sense. So essentially in Xcode, you get this menu that appears and you can you know check boxes or whatever it may be to adjust the font size as a slider things like that and you can just change those directly in this xcode panel rather than having to go in and change them on the device so you can just do it on the fly very quickly to make sure you know for example high contrast looks good and then just switch it back again you don't have to actually do that in the device simulator anymore that's nice uh, also, the simulator is now running on metal, and Apple says that gives a nice 60 frames per second, and they say it uses about 90% less CPU, and a warm boot is also 200% faster. And, you know, obviously, I'm going to say the conditions for that, you know, your experience may vary depending on your app and everything else, but those... I think those numbers are probably a little optimistic, but either way, it should be quicker, so that's nice. Also, there is a simulator now for the Apple Watch. So this enables us to basically, you know, along with other th things for WatchOS this year, you no longer have to have an iOS application. So rather than running the simulator with an iOS application and the watch, you can just run the watch simulator. So that's that's a nice little change. Uh, just covering a few more of the general changes before we wrap it up here. Xcode 11 has finally got the Swift Package Manager integration. And the good news there is it has the Swift Package Manager integration for all of Apple's platforms. And it works very nicely. You can, if, if you're familiar with using, say, Carthage or CocoaPods, it's kind of a similar process, but you don't have to do, you know, switch out to a, an Xcode workspace or the terminal or anything like that. It's all very nicely integrated. And the best thing about that too is it works with GitHub. And if you have, you know, packages, your packages, or you want to use someone else's, you can just do it right there in Xcode. You can just add it and it'll, it'll go through and match that up in Xcode for you to where you're putting the package form. We'll go into further details with that in another episode, but that's a nice, I think we're going to see, you know, Swift Package Manager finally get the, the credit it deserves. 
Now, something that is interesting because of the new iPad changes with the iPad OS, when you make an iPad app on Mac OS, uh, <laughs> they had a very interesting demo that Apple did, Apple did, and it was a very simple application, but basically you can now convert your iPad application to a Mac OS application by, as they put it, just checking a checkbox. And I'm sure it's not gonna be that simple, but essentially it does start with checking a checkbox and then you basically go through and say, okay, now I need to set the specific things for Mac OS, you know, keyboards, um, auto layout, and those kind of things. Xcode should take care of most of those for you and just automatically convert as much as it can from your, well, not even convert, it's really just using Swift UI under the hood, I suspect. But basically it'll create the Mac OS application for you, for you to tweak from there. Uh, beyond that, you know, assets can now be localized in the assets view, so that's nice. Uh, graphics, you know, including the new SF symbols that we'll talk about in the future, and custom symbols, but you can do all of this now in the assets view. So that's a lot of the the major important things, I think, that most people will notice in Xcode. Very excited to use this release this year. I've been playing with the early beta, and it's quite impressive, and it definitely does feel snappier, even in this early beta stage. So hopefully that gives you a quick overview of some things to get excited about in Xcode. And if you like this episode, you know, please go ahead and like it, share it, tell a friend, star it, whatever you want to do in your podcast app of choice. And you can reach out to me on Twitter at CompileSwift. Uh, I'd love to get a conversation going, see what you think is new and exciting about Xcode this year. And with that, we will wrap up the episode. Hopefully you're still catching up on all the WWDC videos. I'm way behind at this point because there's so many, but I'm looking forward to going through them and we can discuss them in the future. So with that, take care and happy coding.